0: What's up everyone? Welcome back. Thanks for joining. Ready to go. Recording this on a Tuesday afternoon. Kind of a weird day for the markets. You know, taking a little bit of a little bit of a shit today. That's okay though. It was bound to happen. I mean, things have been on fire for a while it seems. Like a few a couple of weeks, like hardcore, you know, days of just just rocket ships all over the place. So, it's it's whatever. It was bound to happen. Mainly one of the big things today. I know I haven't even logged in my account today, but I know my biggest loss is going to be Tesla. Tesla losing quite a bit of market share today, down as I'm looking a hundred and seventeen dollars a share. So that is you know roughly like ten percent. 10%, yeah, ten point one three percent. Now a lot of that stems from uh, Elon tweeting about selling off a lot of shares. Uh, like ten billion or fifteen billion. I oh, no, I was saying he's gonna sell like ten percent or something. Yeah, selling ten percent of his current Tesla stock. So not ten percent of his like full of uh the portion of the company that he owns. Obviously, he owns twenty, I think twenty two percent of Tesla. So, uh, hence his net worth being over three hundred billion. But yeah, if he's gonna sell ten percent, obviously it's gonna make a little bit of a hit. He's got to sell. And another reason. First of all, I have a couple of theories. As soon as I saw it, as soon as I saw the Twitter poll, I I was like, his mind's already made up. He's already either sold the stock or planning on selling it. The Twitter poll is just for attention and fun because that's Elon. If you followed the company and Elon enough, it's the kind of stuff he does. It's funny. I don't care. Yeah, it's costing me thousands of dollars today. Who gives a shit? It's not going to matter. It's just whatever. Like you know. Use the take the opportunities. It's like when you did the Bitcoin thing. And as soon as you did the Bitcoin, like when he said Tesla sold their Bitcoin holdings last year or earlier this year, and the first thing I said was, This is it's a lie. It's manipulation. Whether I'm um, that could be true or whatever, but even if it is, like Elon selling it or doing saying something because of uh Bitcoin's environmental effect, it's like, dude, he knew that he knew that he knew what Bitcoin was. He knew it was what it did to the environment. He's a brilliant guy he's a brilliant engineer he knows what he's doing he knows that stuff It's no way he was like bought 1.5 billion dollars of the bitcoins like wait what it does what for the environment no way so when you see those kind of things you kind of got to think like that where it's like wait is he just doing this for attention or for some other reason and you got to think that with all articles like across the board everyone but especially with elon but as more of this information comes out and there's more people like even me talking you know you kind of got to think like what are their motives I don't have any, my motive is like, Hey man, look at what's going on over here. Put your money in this stuff. Like it's not as hard and as creep as uh scary as you think. You just have to be patient and have time on your side and you can really change your life. That's my whole angle It's like, look, man, you're not going to beat them. Join them. You know, don't, don't be that hippie on the sideline making no money. You can be a hippie, but make some money. It's fine. Now, back to this Tesla thing. Now, why is Elon proposing selling 10% of his Tesla stock? Now, a lot of these articles came out. As again, as soon as he made that Twitter poll, I knew he'd already decided to do it one way or the other. I was like, he probably already sold it or is going to. Like I said, he's just doing this for attention because that's how he operates. And then sure enough, come Monday morning, we see the articles rolling out as to why he would be doing this. And a lot of it has to do with tax on some stock options that he had. 2012, he was rewarded a lot of stock options because Elon doesn't take a salary, um, with Tesla, he gets his compensation packages are essentially stock and specifically stock options. So, this 2012 options expire next August, but in order for him to exercise that option, he needs to pay the tax on the gains thus far, which currently is $28 billion at his current tax rate, you know, the federal income tax with the state income tax. Elon does live in Texas now, but he spent most of the time living in california while that money was made so he has to pay california income tax on it even though he's living in texas now so he's gonna owe north of 50 percent on 28 billion dollars so what 15 bill it's a lot of cash so you know sell some stuff and this also proves my point where i say elon doesn't keep much cash on hand he's going to need to sell 10 percent of his stock to raise this cash or well, probably not even 10%. He'll just need to sell 15 billion, whatever. And he might sell 10% to get more money to use for other investments, whatever. Elon's notoriously like that. I've said many times in this podcast um, that Elon probably doesn't have that much cash on hand. People talk about his net worth, but it's all, it's all tied to Tesla stock. So when he needs cash, this is what happens. He has to sell stock to get the cash to do whatever, whether it be pay taxes or invest in SpaceX or whatever he wants to do with his money. But he's been doing that since the PayPal days. When he sold PayPal, he made himself go broke building Tesla. You know, he made three hundred million, yeah, three hundred million dollars on that deal, Um, and was still borrowing to pay his bills. So that's just kind of how he is. And this further proves the fact that he doesn't have a lot of cash on hand. It is all tied up in stock because he's going to need to make this stock sale. Already has done it to. Uh, pay this tax bill on these options because you better believe he's going to want to exercise that option i mean they're worth 28 billion now imagine what they're going to be worth next summer pretty good so that's that's the real reason behind that also his brother kimball musk sold like 109 over 100 million dollars of the tesla stock the day before he did that twitter poll further proving the point that i'm saying that both of them they already knew Elon was already going to sell this, already has, and his brother as well. And by the way, Kimball Musk did this in like February, January, February. Last time Tesla hit like a really nice high, when it went on the similar run, when I talk about when it went from 450 to 900, now it's going from 800 to 1250, well, 1243, I think exactly, before cooling off. Kimball Kimball Musk sold a lot of stock around that time as well. Again, doesn't mean these guys don't believe in the company, but when you have that kind of share in the company you're gonna when you need money you do certain things you know take a little off the top hedge funds do it all the time i mean kathy wood at arc invest constantly sells tesla stock when it goes on these big runs to maintain it 10 percent of the fund happens all the time but you'll see articles spin it the other way oh my gosh she sold a million a million shares what's happening it's like guys guys how do you have this short term of memory but they're all clickbait people so of course they're gonna do that just you your job is to not fall into that shit. Now, uh, what's some other stuff? Um, the other big news this week coming up, the Rivian IPO, which I believe is tomorrow. So depending on when you listen to this, uh, you'll find out about Rivian. I'm sure you've been hearing about it. It's a company that's in uh, Ford is backing it. Amazon is backing it. They have an electric com- electric truck coming. Apparently, they're sold out of uh, their of their pre-orders. But what I say to people is like, who gives a shit about selling out of pre-orders? You only have to put like $100 down or $1,000 down. It's not that much money to pre-order something, to reserve it. And then on top of that, if you're really going to do that, just have one rich guy do it. Have like one rich friend buy out all the pre-orders so you can just say that they're all sold out. I mean, best New York Times bestsellers do this all the time. They'll buy us fucking uh, publishers will buy an entire warehouse of books to get a book on the New York times bestseller list and then just give the book to libraries and shit like that. It's actually a lot of conservative author, authors that do that all the time. Um, whatever. Hey man, it's business. It's business. So my thoughts on Rivian, I think they're a legit, I think they will make a good product. Now, like I always tell people when it comes to investments, do you think Rivian has a better brand than Tesla? Do you think more people would rather drive a Rivian than a Tesla? Would you rather drive a Rivian than a Tesla? Answer those questions and make your decision. Because Rivian's going to make a good product, I'm sure. But, like I always say about Apple and Android, Apple does not make the best phone, but they sell the most because they have branding. They have what they have what people want. It's cool. Apple knows how to make cool products. They make what people want. Whether it's the best performing or not. Lucid has a thousand plus horsepower EV. It's far superior to a Model 3 or a Model Y when you're talking about performance. But guess what? No one gives a shit. No one will give a shit. I'm telling you right now. Would you? Would you rather drive a Lucid or a Tesla Model S? What would, you, would you rather drive a Plaid or, or a Lucid? What would you rather do? Honestly. Truly. So... Because that whatever you're thinking is what most people are going to be thinking. And again, I like that Amazon's backing it. Who gives a shit if Ford's backing it? Ford's losing. I mean, that's that says a lot. Ford's like, fuck, we can't get it together. Let's go invest in this startup. Ford sucks. Like I say, Ford runs the Detroit Lions. They're terrible. Look at the Lions record. Ford hasn't done anything cool since Shelby. The Cobra shit. Ford versus Ferrari. That was the coolest thing they've did. 1960 something. Since then, who cares? Ford's like America's retarded child that just keeps has been messing up for years I and mean, we just keep trying to be like, come on Ford come on like who cares can we give up on this company for please I'm saying this as a Michigan native <laughs> you know fuck Ford who cares don't use Ford Ford sucks don't use them as a reason you you should rest in Rivian Amazon backing it's better that that means more to me than Ford backing it I mean Rivian will probably be worth more than Ford by tomorrow afternoon. Let's be real here. When this IPO pops off. Plus with Amazon backing it, they have so much cash. They can just buy like again they can buy them up buy up more vehicles. They I've heard that they're going to they're ordering a bunch of Rivian fleet vehicles for their new delivery trucks. Um and just in general note, anytime someone presents a stock as the next anything, I'm almost immediately out because they won't be. There is no next Google. It's just Google or Amazon or Apple. There are other companies, yes, that can make money within the space. But are they going to topple them? No. And you can invest in those other companies. I mean, I have Shopify stock and Amazon stock. Do I think Shopify is going to beat Amazon someday? Probably not. Are they going to get close? Yeah. Could they? Sure. It's a good investment either way. But I'm not going to say, like, buy it because it's the next Amazon. No. No. Like, I don't like that. Or a lot of things are like, oh, it's like the Uber of this. Uh, that's the terrible way to present something. Uber is a failing company. They're losing money hand over fist. That's why if you try to call an Uber now, it's so damn expensive. Because they're charging what they should have been all along. They did that classic tech thing where it's like, let's just eat up market share for a while. And then we'll, we'll come back and charge them and they'll still be around. Basically, wait till they put cabs out of business. But cabs are coming back. I was just in Phoenix this last weekend using uh, Ubers a lot but I saw there was a lot of cabs out and about too. And honestly, I kind of wanted to use them sometimes. Like I'd, I'd already ordered lifts or something, uh, or was in a group that was ordering lifts. So I was like, whatever. But honestly, sometimes they're right there. It's like, shoot, let's go. Why do I got to hit the button and wait for this? No. Um, so we've talked about Rivian and all this stuff a lot recently and, and, and lucid. So we don't need to go into it further, but that's just what's stealing headlines right now. Um, let's go into some other stuff. Uh, Let's see. Um, what do I want to talk about next? Uh, NVIDIA on fire, of course. <laughs> um, Facebook in the metaverse, $10 billion opportunity. Um, There's actually a massive metaverse ETF that was being made and uh, that has been made. Let me look up the actual name of it. I had it in here somewhere. Uh, where is it at? Shit. This is why we need producers. Oh, here it goes. Round Roundhill Ball Metaverse ETF. According to data from S&P Global Market Intelligence, this metaverse ETF was established less than six months ago. It aims to give investors an easy way to do one-stop shopping for companies working to build the metaverse. And there's a lot of companies in there. Uh, I think the biggest one, the biggest holding, is Nvidia, because they're just rolling out tons of new products to to build in with this uh, metaverse stuff that's all coming out and about. Um, Another big stock that's in there that's having a huge day today: Roblox uh roblox is popping off like mad right now oh my god 38 point oh my god almost 39 percent in one day i bought roblox on ipo day at 70 dollars. haven't bought since still holding on to it it's funny i actually thought about selling roblox recently because it was not a company that excites me and gaming can be so cyclical and so like it's kind of like restaurants, they can be so hot and then not. And so I don't really dig on that investment long-term. So I was part of me, was really like sell out my Roblox and just like, ah, eh, well, I would just sell it and I'll invest it in other stuff. But there's nothing that I really wanted to take at the time, you know, nothing. And I have enough cash to, to, to deploy. So I don't need to sell stocks like that. So I was like, ah, eh, whatever. I don't need the, need the money or I'm not going to use it for something immediately as far as investment terms. So whatever, I'll just ride it out. So it's a classic lesson. And if you don't need to sell or have a reason to sell, Don't hold on to stuff, and I'm glad I did because I'm up 39% in a day on those shares. About to let them go. Um, I, I, again, I don't know a ton about Roblox long term. I mean, they've a big reason why they're blowing up is because essentially, if I, I had like when their IPO came out, Webull sent me this huge packet of information on Roblox, it was probably like a 200 page. Inform, uh, like investors presentation package. And there was a lot of information. I went through most of it, a lot of good stuff, uh, a lot of good information in there. It didn't make me go heavier into the stock at the time. Cause it was, I mean, it was still fine. It was just, I, I, again, with gaming, you just don't know how it's going to go And skill stock. I'd been burned by a little bit. So I was like, I don't know. I'm a little hesitant, still bought some shares, um but the reason they're really blowing up is roblox and what they were saying in that investors presentation essentially is they've been building the metaverse for years that's what they've been doing since day one like even when i learned about roblox and people would present it to me and tell me what it's about you're like oh it's like a whole nother world i kind of compare it to like roblox to like uh, when dwight Schrute in the office was playing that game like second life where dwight has a a second life where he's essentially the same exact person. He can just fly. Everything in his life is the same. He can just fly. It's hilarious. Um, it's kind of what Roblox is. There's whole like other universe where you build stuff and you build this world and you buy, like, you know, buy credits to build these things. And it's crazy. You have to pay money to like use the game, like to buy credits to, to do what you want in the game. Cause I come from the world of, Hey, you bought the system buy the game. That's it. Not like in-game add-ons. But that's like all what gaming is now. Video games is all about like in-game add-ons. And like, yeah, you buy the system, you buy the game. Then when you go online, you got to pay for this, pay for that. If you want to get like the good players and these soccer games online, that's the only one I played a lot. You got to pay money. And it's like, who's paying money for this? But but kids know no different. Like kids growing up, I mean, I forget that I'm 34 and haven't played video games that much in a long, long time. It's like kids that have been, you know, that are teenagers now, I mean, shit. They've only been around since PlayStation 3. They only know like not even PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4. They don't even know anything else other than buying, you know, those kind of systems. And and having to go online and pay for premium premium add-ons and things like that. So Um Clearly money to be made. Now would I buy Roblox at current numbers? Maybe. I don't know enough about it. Um let's check their market cap. I don't even know what it is shirts up there. It's like market cap 61 billion. Jesus, that is pretty huge when you think of like uh companies like Square, Airbnb being like 100 billion, you know. It's like damn, it's almost on that level. It's just an online video game like all right. Um but moving on to my second favorite. Well, actually, no it's no longer my second biggest holding. It's actually my third now because Nvidia's been on such a tear as Square uh, so both Square and PayPal are taking a little bit of a hit recently because both like Venmo and the Cash App are slowing down in growth, which is bound to happen. It happens all the time. It's one of my like the craziest phenomenons with Wall Street is when like things just slow down. Like things will still be growing, but not growing as much as last time. So like that dampers Wall Street expectations and makes stock prices fall, and to the point where it's like no wonder there's so much corruption and why there's so much like insider trading and like back end deals. These companies are so aggressive to beat numbers because you see what it can do and they miss. Um both Square and PayPal took a little bit of a hit missing not missing on earnings, but just again not making as much money and kind of was Square. It was the cash app growth slowing down again. Venmo, uh on PayPal side, same thing. There was some news today, uh, was either today or yesterday, early yesterday, PayPal's partnering with Amazon. You can use Venmo on Amazon now, which is pretty great. I mean, again, I love great partnerships. PayPal is a good company. I have no stock in it. Amazon's a good company. I do have stock in it. But uh, another reason PayPal is falling a little bit more than square is PayPal splitting from eBay. eBay now has their own payment processing system. Like if you're an eBay seller, basically you just link your bank account now to pay and get paid. You don't have to go through an intermediary anymore like PayPal. And so PayPal is losing a lot of their core revenue by that move happening right now. And so it's kind of like getting kicked while they're down a little bit. Like they, they're, they're missing on, not missing on, anything, but again, not growing as much as they expected for quarter three, quarter four guidance is lowered. A lot of people are thinking like these, uh, uh, supply chain mess ups are going to slow down the classic, uh, quarter, uh, quarter four, like holiday shopping season, things like that. Um, so in addition to that, taking this hit with eBay, uh, Again, still fine for long term if you are a PayPal holder. Same with Square. Square took a hit. I'm actually hoping that Square goes down a little bit more. It's at like two thirty as I'm recording this. I'd like to see it go down to two twenty, maybe even a little bit less. If it goes under two hundred, that would be a little a little nerve wracking. Again, I've I have plenty of room to go as far as like, you know, where my cost average is, but there's been hard resistance at two hundred pretty much all year. If you look across the last year. Square trades pretty wild across the board goes up and down and it hits hard resistance at 200. So I'm hoping that, uh, it maybe if it does go to 200 that's as low as it'll go. And if it does, I'm truly going to buy as many shares as I can. I might even pick up a couple of shares before market close today if I can, just because again, I've said before, uh, just kind of a rule, like you want to buy at low prices, but sometimes you can get greedy waiting for a price to get too low and miss out on it. So, a part of me is like, ooh, I wanted square under 250. I didn't pull the trigger at 250. I didn't pull it 240. And now here we are at 230. So I don't want to get greedy being like, ah, you know, I wanted 220 or 215. That'd be great. But I might pick up a couple of shares now and then add some more if it goes lower, add heavy. Because another, uh, someone sent me a question this week. Um, my buddy Andrew out in California asked me a question about like when to, uh, when to, find entry points for like dollar cost averaging basically like if you buy a stock at a certain price like when do you when do you when do you buy, add more like you know like he had bought Square at a pretty good price you know he's up probably over 100% on Square which is great but now it's like okay where do I come back in I haven't bought since where do I come back in at and it's like you know if you catch a stock early enough you're not going to get your initial cost average oftentimes and it's a good problem to have but oftentimes with some of these growth stocks is you find yourself having to raise your cost average because you just you, you're never going to get the price you had before, you know. You caught it too early. You know, good for you. That's great. But, you know, just be okay with sometimes having to raise your cost average a little bit. And now to determine that point, like I just kind of said with square, when you look at the chart, you kind of see where it hits hard resistance, and you want to buy near those points. At least for me. Now, there are people that say like uh now for some for certain things like you want to see when a stock is crashing, kind of want to when it starts going back up that's when you buy when you see daylight yeah and that's totally true but i've just i've followed square for so long that um now i kind of just have set prices in my head where i'm like that's a deal because i can see it going to three 350 next year the year after and more and more and more so it's like okay if it goes down to two let's let's load up because i'm gonna double my, i'm still gonna double my money the next couple of years here so whatever i put in is doubling up um, because Again, PayPal has a lot of services, but Squares has more. They innovate quicker. That's why I lean towards them more. It's why I've been buying more. It's why I've been buying more Square stock during uh, and haven't bought a firm yet. We've been talking about a firm for a few weeks on this show. It's why I haven't made a move into a firm yet is because Square bought afterpay for 29 billion. That goes into effect next quarter. I can't wait for that. I can't wait for that to start paying off. That's why I want Square at lower prices now because I know that that afterpay revenue is going to pop next next year. So if I can get in prices now, I know what's coming up ahead. So I kind of dig on that. And again, I still haven't pulled the trigger on a firm just because it makes me a little nervous. Um, because I think it's getting a little ahead of itself to be honest with you, because if I look at like, look at a firm, it's, it's, uh, they're basically, again, they're a buy now pay later company. That's what their service is. It's that's all they do at the moment. Um, so if i look at a firm it's at 158 right now taking a little bit of hit today 43 billion dollar 44 billion dollar company so again i compare this i'm gonna compare it to square as far as market cap square is about 106 billion dollar company something like that uh so a firm's nearing almost half of that and all they do is buy now pay later now square bought after pay which is the largest uh, buy now pay later in australia so it already has a huge customer base that they're going to expand on quickly here i bought stuff on Afterpay already here in the states um so it's it's coming um and again i think a firm will do great with the holiday season i think these buy now pay leaders are going to do great coming up both of them Afterpay and a firm Again, a firm's a fine company. I just want it a little lower. It's a little too high right now. It's getting ahead of itself. That market cap is too high for just being a buy now, pay later company. They just are. When you look at their price to sales, you can see why. I mean, because we can't look at price to earnings because price to earnings means they have to have earnings, profit. They don't. They don't have profit yet. They're unprofitable, so that's not good. But that's okay. You know, um, there's plenty of companies that that become massive for not, but not being profitable for a while as public companies. So let's not—that's not a worry. But let's look at price to sales. It's fifty, almost fifty-one. Their price to sales ratio. So let's—those are these are in, by, just by the way, if you don't know what these numbers are, they're just quick ways to see how much the stock is valued. So basically, um, the stock is priced. Price to sales mean. So a price of fifty means the stock price is fifty-one times their price, their sales numbers. So that means it, it's a premium. Basically, you're paying a lot for the stock. So. A firm is at 51 for their price to sales versus a company like Tesla, whose price to sales is 22. And people talk about how overpriced Tesla is, you know, people talk about overvalued like Tesla, $1,000. Tw- I mean, this is even Tesla over $1,000 a share. It's still only a price to sales at 22. So a firm is more than double that on price to sales. You want to talk about valuation problems? That'd be like if Tesla was worth what? Two grand over two grand right now. I mean, don't get me wrong, I think Tesla's worth it, but right now, pre-Cybertruck, pre-Giga Austin, pre-Giga uh, Berlin, no. So, a firm's fine company, just a little ahead of itself. I'll wait for it to come lower. That one, I think I might, I initially said 150, but I think I'm going to lower that. I think I'm going to wait a little bit lower, just because I kind of re- made that realization uh, this week while just kind of looking at it more. Even look at Square same same industry even so again, a firm price to sales 51 square price to sales six. You want that number lower just just when you're talking about value and seeing where where to put your money in the stock. So that's significant. I mean that's crazy. I mean that's so that means that a firm is eight times more on their price to sales. that's quite a bit. So again, I'll keep saying it find company. But they're a one-trick pony. I'll wait it out. In the meantime, I've just been buying more Affirm. There was actually an article that was put out that almost quoted something. I, like, I felt like I wrote it. I sent it to a friend. I was like, did I write this article? I think it was a Motley Fool article, unfortunately. I make fun of Motley Fool a lot. It may have not been. But I screenshotted the article or a piece of it. It says, Affirm has impressed a lot of bulls with the growing adoption of its buy-now-pay-later services and its ability to disrupt... Tr- 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 its ability to disrupt traditional credit card companies. However, Affirm is still deeply unprofitable and it faces tough competition from diversified fintech companies like Square, PayPal, and Aiden, or Adyen, I don't, I've never heard of that one, uh, which are all rolling out new buy-now-pay-later services with big acquisitions or, or partnerships. I'd prefer to invest in one of these three fintech companies instead of Affirm. Affirm's customer concentration issuers are troubling, its stock is expensive, And its opaque, merchant-specific interest fees make it difficult to quantify the true value of its headline-grabbing partnerships with Amazon, American Airlines, and other large companies. The company still has a lot of growth potential, but it's simply too risky to recommend at these frothy levels. Damn. Pretty much my same point, right? They're going to do fine, but I don't want to buy it at these prices. (laughs) And they announced uh, another partnership with American Airlines this week. Good. It's going to be needed. A lot of people are going to have to pay a shitload for uh, airline travel this year. These airline companies are going to try to make their buck back over the holidays, it's like they always do, but even more now than before because they missed out on so much money last year. So that's going to happen. Uh, so I'll keep. We'll keep an eye on a firm. We'll keep looking at it, but it's kind of why I'm just like, well, I'd rather put my money in a company like Square that that does have a buy now, pay later service coming next year that they that they bought outright. So I'd rather just buy that one and still get, and then have all their other stuff like cash app and their, their banking charter and their small business stuff and their point of sales. I'd rather have all that than just a firm doing what they're doing. Uh, And also a firm's losing a lot from Peloton, kind of like how PayPal's taking a hit splitting from eBay. A firm is taking a bit of a hit because Peloton's guidance has been lowered so much. Peloton's just taking a huge shit. I had a friend uh, go heavier into Peloton at the beginning of the year. I told him not to. It was like around a hundred dollars and I was like, Look, man, even at a hundred dollars, it's a pretty big company for just selling like a workout bike. And it a company and all these companies are making smartwatches now. Like Apple has I mean, obviously Apple is the biggest one, but there's tons of smartwatches out there. And they're all doing this health shit. They're all doing these subscriptions. Like this is a huge industry and Peloton's not the only one in it. And it's it's something that people can easily step in on. And there's tons. I mean, it's not just Peloton, like Tonal's one. I've seen that where it's like these wall-mounted like workout machines with like resistance cables attached to them and shit for thousands of dollars. And they got endorsers, like major NBA players endorsing them and shit. So there's a lot of competition in the space. And Peloton's a, an expensive bike, right? So uh, they've lost more than $10 billion in market cap since their last earnings report. That's a lot of money when they're only a $15 billion company now. So lost more than half their value since their last earnings I mean, I hope my friend isn't listening to this podcast. I mean, I hope he listens to it, but I mean, ew. Peloton now sits at $49 a share. Hopefully, I I just, it's one of those things, man. Like, that's why you just got to like, I don't, I'm not a big fan just in general. I'm not a big fan of like final products, right? I'm not a big fan of that. Like, and what I mean is like companies that just sell a thing, like Peloton sells a thing. I like subscription-based services. I like companies that run the back end. I like companies that sell like, stuff to major corporations. I like all the back end stuff. You know? I don't invest in Nike. I invest in the company that runs Nike's website. I invest in the company that makes the chips to run their, to run their uh, AI. That's where I put the money. I, I invest in Square for the consumers to run their, for the, have their money in it. That's where you put their money. I invest in the cybersecurity to protect all that shit. And the cloud with Google. You know, that's where the real money is, because if not, you're just looking at all you're always, all your money is going to be hinged on. If you sold more of your, whatever knickknack you sell, whatever, whatever gadget, whatever bullshit thing you sell, it's all based on that, which is fine. But consumers can be so wishy-washy. They can be so all over the place, you know, And, and they're one trick ponies. It's just one thing, you know, take, for example, NVIDIA. They sell chips to everyone: phones, laptops, cars, data centers—you name it. So it's, there's not just one customer base right there. So, um, so a company like Peloton's, why one I didn't get into because it just never really—it invo- never really lined up with my investing philosophy. And by the way, what I quickly just said, kind of low key, goes in this b- book I've been reading. Uh, I'm sure many of you have heard of it. It's called Start with Why by simon sinek i believe uh, a buddy of mine that listens to this podcast actually sent it to me a while ago and i'm just now getting to it because i was backlogged on a few books that i slammed out over the last couple of weeks so now i'm reading this one it's a good read it's a quick read couple hundred pages but basically it starts saying like basically like the whole over, overwhelming thesis of the book is about having like know your why essentially knowing your purpose like what is your reasoning what is your goals stay in line with that so when i talk about like um, you know, a big example of these in the book a lot is Apple is like, you want to be different, right? You're creative. You're unique. You're an individual. You're not like one, like you're not a, you know, you're creative. That's kind of their whole thing. And they've kind of pitched that horseshit to everyone. Everyone thinks they're unique and creative, but then you go to a coffee shop and everyone's on the same Apple MacBook Pro or MacBook. You know, it's usually a MacBook. People hawking free Wi-Fi can't afford the pros, right? So, but they've kind of spun this story to where it's like, oh, I have an iPhone. I'm a creative, unique person. It's like, bitch, my mom has an iPhone. My dad has an iPhone <laughs> that he doesn't know how to use much, but he has it. It's not that cool anymore. Like, it's it's fine, but don't sit here and think it's like a status thing to have an iPhone anymore. It's not. It's ridiculous. Um, but again, Apple's done a great job of exemplifying what their their mission statement is their why their purpose even back in the day in 2007 they changed their name from apple computer just to apple because they didn't want to limit themselves to being known as a company that just sold computers so by defining what their purpose is it helps people align with them more and that's kind of where and when it comes to investing you have that kind of approach with investing what do you want to put your money in? where do you put it like where what kind of companies do you like investing in and when, he, like I said, when I look at my main account, like I get my my short account's different. There's some other stuff I'll invest in, uh, like Roblox is in my short account. Just FYI, people are like, "Are you investing in Roblox?" Um, but again, look at my biggest holdings: uh, Nvidia, Square, Tesla, Shopify, Apple. Like Tesla's one of the few that is uh, that sells a product that I that it's like a company that sells like a, a one product. But even then, I've talked about. How Tesla's not just a car company, and so is everyone. You know, Tesla sells a final product, their vehicles, but they do so much more than that. And they're going to do so much more than that. Like with their power packs and their charging stations and their um their home battery things and all that stuff. So it's it's more than just that. Uh but again, you look at my, my portfolio, it's a lot of back end stuff. So uh that's again, that's that's where I like to put my money. And again, disruptors too. Like disruptors within those spaces, right? So And that's something we've talked about think the first episode. We go into big on the disruptive industries like Square being one that disrupted banks. Banks are all over the place now uh, trying to scramble and fight against these fintech firms. Um, Speaking on that same token, uh, Cash App owned by Square, obviously we keep talking about, is partnering with Aaron Rodgers to uh, give him part of his salary in Bitcoin. And then in addition to that, they're doing like a giveaway on cash app. They're giving away Bitcoin on the cash app for people that, uh, sign up and Rogers is doing this promotion. Aaron Rodgers is a dick. I hate Aaron Rodgers for tons of reasons. A lot of people hate him now because he's not vaccinated. I could give a shit if he's vaccinated or not. I really don't care. Look, man, if you want to get vaccinated, go for it. If you don't, who gives a fuck? And if the vaccine works the way you want it to, it shouldn't matter otherwise. That's my two cents moving on. But Aaron Rodgers is a dick anyways, because, uh, There's been, like, countless stories over the years from, like, former players who've just said stuff. One in particular, Greg Jennings on a morning show, I believe on Colin Coward's show, massive show, said how Aaron Rodgers basically told him to go get traded during a game because they weren't thrown to him much, and and, uh, Aaron was like, yeah, why don't you go sign for someone else? Like, during a game? Like, what a dick. Greg Jennings helped him win a Super Bowl, his only one, mind you, and uh, was saying that kind of shit to him during a game. So, it's like... And I've been kind of a I've been kind of a jerk with Aaron Rodgers over the years cuz I've always thought like, look man, I'd love to see you put up the same numbers in Detroit. It's fine to be what you are in Green Bay, but you've had way more help than anyone in Detroit ever had, and Matt Stafford is a far superior quarterback. And hopefully now with him being in the Rams, people are seeing that a little bit now. They're like, "Oh shit, Matt Stafford's good." No shit, he's good. I've known that forever. We've all known that. Everyone in Michigan knew that. He was just playing with a bunch of retards. Because guess what his team was owned by? Oh, I don't know. The Ford family. Remember them? All right. I don't want to go into like sp- make this a whole sports thing because that's not the goal here. But uh Aaron Rodgers is partnering with Square to get some salary in Bitcoin. And just side note, he's a dick and not as talented as Matt Stafford. People are going to disagree with me on that, but I don't care. That's fine. Hey, let's talk about our... A couple more things before we get out of here. Um... Let's see. Oh, Airbnb had their best quarter ever. Yes. We've been talking about that the last couple of weeks and like last two episodes talking about, Hey, keep an eye on Airbnb. It's running up, leading up to earnings. I think this next quarter is going to be a big report because it was quarter three. It was reporting all of like, basically like summer. It was doing like summer into fall, like end of summer into fall. What are these numbers like? Uh, so Airbnb posted their best quarter ever. Uh, they grew 280% over last year, even amid still restrictions. And they're finally, uh, I think they made some profit too. So, uh, growing 280% year over year, even with restrictions. A lot of Europe is still locked down. And of course, so Australia is on suit. Everyone in Australia is in prison, basically. Uh, and America is here in the States, lockdowns are becoming less. I think they're. I think international lockdowns ended, like, yesterday or the day before. It's soon. It's one of the two. I can't remember. It's this week for sure because, like, they're already seeing, like, huge spikes in Airbnb requests and airline travel and all that shit. Again, airline travel is going to be expensive this year. I don't think it's funny that they they rela- relaxed lockdowns for international right before the holiday travel season. It's like they knew. Like, yeah, let's get this money, baby. They they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. And so a lot of people after this best quarter ever, a lot of people are realizing what we said from day one, I mean, Airbnb has been like my stock of the 2021 since 2020. It debuted in uh, December of last year. I went down to Wall Street the day it came out, bought some shares. Not there, obviously, because you can't. But on my phone, just it was fun for me. It was, it was a fun event. Went down to Wall Street by myself outside the New York Stock Exchange, uh, and I've been on board with Airbnb since. Been trying to buy more shares at at opportune times. It went down to 120 over the summer. Now it's at 190, 200 shot up over 200 when they reported their earnings because people are realizing that airbnb is a disruptive company oh who would have thought again it blows my mind how long it takes sometimes for wall street to see these things and realize these things it's like look Airbnb is gonna they're aggressively expanding i know some people who are trying to become airbnb hosts i want to be an airbnb host i just don't have any property i don't want to have a condo association get pissed at me so I i have to buy something to be able to do it but anyways Wall Street is realizing that they're more than just a travel company at this point. Like, yes, they're a big travel company, but people are using it for other things like staycation, like not staycations, but like, um, just like little getaways for work. Like people doing the remote working stuff. You work remote, like, Hey, we're not going to go on like a vacation, but we might just go to, uh, this, you know, this, we're going to Nashville for a month. We're going to take the family to Nashville for a month and uh, we're remote school and we're remote learning or <laughs> we, we don't work from home. Um, most schools aren't remote anymore, I don't think, but that was happening a lot last year. But even still, a ton of people are still remote working. No one, Not many people are going to the office anymore. So, more people are just being like, fuck it, I'll travel and I'll get an Airbnb for a month or a couple of weeks. And so, it's being reflected in their earnings. Um, also, in that same space, kind of a disruptive company who I think I might need to get out of on the stock is Zillow. We talked about Zillow taking a hit recently. They took a huge shit after earnings um, because they announced that they're shutting down their iBuying program. Basically, last year during the pandemic, Zillow went ape shit buying up real estate, and then now they can't sell them at the prices they want, so they're loading them or unloading them on the cheap. They reported it's going to cost the company about 550 million dollars, which means it's probably going to cost them a billion. <laughs> so, uh, and then on top of that, they laid off like 25 percent of their workforce because they shut down that whole division. So Wall Street was like, "Fuck you," to Zillow and got out a lot. It went from like 95, now it's in the mid 60s. So it took a big shit. And um if you want to come in and gamble on it, but my only problem is now is like I do believe in the long term, I think. I th- I'm getting less convinced just because I'm like, man, you guys really dropped the ball on that. Like you you really had an opportunity to uh make some money to like, you know, position your company here. You had a lot of a lot of growth and you kind of like I mean, I guess I should respect them for wanting to grow aggressively. They just, they they, they bit off more than they can chew. Um, I know ARK Invest and Kathy Wood sold a ton of shares. I don't think they sold all of them, but they they did sell a shitload of shares, which is funny because Kathy Wood and ARK Invest bought the dip on Zillow not that long ago. So I've seen this happen before with ARK. Again, it's why I don't invest in their ETFs anymore. And actually one of my millionaire investor friends just sold all of his etf holdings in arc for the same reasons i kept telling him like look man you're good at picking the individual stocks don't invest in the etfs and be tied to all these moves i don't trust all these moves i think kathy wood's brilliant i think she's really really good at what she does but not everything's perfect and i don't agree with everything and if not everything falls into my investing philosophy then that makes me nervous and again when you when you believe in a company for your own reasons it becomes easier to handle them when they're tanking Uh, um and I don't have a ton of Zillow shares. I think I bought a couple thousand dollars worth last year, so I'll hold on to it and see what happens. See if I can take the tax hit. I'll look into that soon because I might be able to just take a tax hit and save some money there. Um, and then last thing I want to get out of here on this, well, the last uh, before we do a quick rundown on a couple of things. Actually, no, yeah, we'll get out here on this. Um, Robinhood got hacked. I hate to hey, I hate to bring it up. To my friend that invested in Robinhood, I'm sorry. She's a great investor in other ways, <laughs> in other other companies. So Robinhood just wasn't the move, I guess. Um, but I, sorry that Robinhood's taking more of a hit. Uh, they were hacked on November 3rd. They sent me an email on the 7th or something like Jesus, at $36 a share, not good. Um, but Robinhood was hacked and... Uh, they sent me an email saying, "Hey, your 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 phone number and your email address is compromised. Your 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 account was not." People are like, "Wait, you have you have a Robinhood account? You always talk shit about Robinhood." I have a Robinhood account with nothing in it. I opened one a while ago because I wanted to have another account to invest some other um, like short term plays in. And then I, I have a credit union. Robinhood was being annoying with linking my credit union, so I just went with Weeble, and I've been with Weeble ever since, and I've I've gotten like a ton of people signed up on Weeble, <laughs> which by the way join webull uh i'll put the link in the description of this bio again if you click on the link that i'll put in this episode it'll take you to a sign up page that if you sign up through that you'll get like two or three free stocks they won't be worth a lot but they could potentially be worth 300 likely you'll get like 10 or 15 dollars of the stock but whatever it's 15 dollars who gives a shit buy yourself chipotle i'll put the link in the bio of this episode but uh um but robin hood yes back to robin hood they were hacked Stock's taking a shit again. They sent me an email. What's funny is, I was in Arizona over the weekend, like I was saying, and I got a text on my phone saying that my Citibank account was hacked. And they, there was a link in there to uh, to fix it. Now, a couple things about that. most cyber secu- Most cyber hacks, like most hacks now, are still phishing scams, where basically they send you an email or a text saying, hey, this was compromised, click on this link to reset it or click on this link to reset your password. The second you click on that link, they got you, they got all your shit. So I, I saw that text and I was like, wait, I don't, I don't have Citibank. None of my account, none of my credit cards. My, I have a credit union for my bank account, Schwab account for investing, Weeble for investing, Coinbase pro, um, and then like five or six credit, like five credit cards, but they're, none of them are through Citibank. And so I was like, wait, why am I getting a notification for Citibank? Uh, and even then, if they said any other bank, I wouldn't have clicked on that link anyways, just because I know how phishing, I know about phishing scams. Kudos to that cybersecurity book I keep praising. Uh, what was it called? This is How the World Ends, The Cyber Arms Race by Nicole Perlroth. Great book. But honestly, this that book is why I didn't click on that link. Because I knew it was a phishing scam. I was like, wait a minute. They're just trying to get my info if I click on this link. So I didn't. And then a few days later, Robinhood sends in like, hey, you might be, you might be, uh, get phishing scams sent your way. Bitch, I got one sent like three days ago. You guys are late to the game. I could have already had all my shit cleaned out. So just FYI, anytime someone asks you to reset a password or click a link for this, don't do it. <laughs> Even if it's for your bank account shit, just go log in and make sure your account's not messed up because, uh, that's, that's one of their, that's the number one way they still get into stuff. Yes, they'll do like password. Like they have like password generators. They can still get through. But most most uh most like logins now have like a, a limit how many passwords you can guess before they lock you out. So that that they can't really do that anymore. So phishing scams still work. And then two factor authentication is still the number one way to stop anyone from getting into your shit. Where basically every time you log in, you get a text, have to approve, it, have to approve the login. That's really the number one way. I need to go through all my shit and put it on two factor. A lot of my stuff is, but I definitely need to put all my financial stuff on two-factor authentication. This Robinhood attack is just another example why. And, of course, like every time there's a hack, my favorite cybersecurity company, Palo Alto Networks, hits another high. So, keep hacking out there, fellas. Keep doing it. I'm going to make sure I lock my shit up, and I'm going to keep making money on cybersecurity stocks like Palo Alto Networks. It's the only one I own. You should own it. It's a great stock. Hit a new all-time high like two days ago. <laughs> um, and again, because of a hack. But they're going to keep getting hacks. They're going to keep happening. It's not going to stop anytime soon. Um, so buy some Palo Alto networks, all right? I think that's all I got. Again, my highest-desired stocks right now that I don't own. I'm still looking at Adobe, still looking at Netflix. Haven't, made the, haven't pulled the triggers on them yet. But I'm keeping an eye on them. Um, and then, of course, Square, like I said before. I like to kind of wrap up on where, what, my, what I'm thinking, where I might be putting some money. So that's my two cents. That's where I'm thinking of putting some money at the current moment. Everything else is still a little high. Tesla under 1,000, I think I want to put a little more in. Again, Tesla's still like a large part of my account, so I'm hesitant. But if you don't have enough, if you don't have as much Tesla stock as you want, under 1,000, you have the green light for me to load up on more <laughs> because you'll be fine in five years, probably even one. So know that. And, uh, I think that's going to be it. I got to get out of here and actually go record another podcast up in Grand Rapids and then got two shows tonight. Stand up is coming back, baby. Who would have thought it only took the better part of like two years, but, uh, we're back. Come see some shows whenever you want. I'm actually, I'm heading to LA next week on Tuesday. So I have some bigger shows booked out there that I don't want to look dumb on. So I got to make sure I get some sets in. I did some, but last week before I flew to Arizona, that went well. It was fun. It was fun. So getting back out there, uh, I do post them on my Instagram and stuff, but they're just local fun shows. I'm just trying to get my get some reps in. So if you want to come out and see those, whatever. If not, uh, come to the bigger ones in LA and New York coming up in the next week slash month. All right, bye.